Welcome everyone to the Oave Torah, Daf Yomi Shiur. Today's Shiur, Daf Yud, in Yoma. We are beginning on Daf Tet Amurbet on the bottom. We're going to review a little of yesterday. Uh, yesterday, we were discussing the two Beta Mikdashes, and we discussed the difference between the first and the second Beta Mikdash, and how Rish Lakish had blamed the Jews who lived in Bavel, their lack of alacrity to come to rebuild the Beit HaMikdash, and the fact that they stayed in Bavel when many of their brothers came to build the Beit HaMikdash, which, by the way, was the beginning of the Talmud Yerushalmi. Just as an aside, the Gemara and the Bavli, which we're learning now, and with the whole Shas that we're doing right now, is besides the Shekalim that we just finished was made by the Babylonian Jews, the Jews who stayed in Bavel. The Yerushalmi, which Shekalim is part of, was made by the Jews who moved to Eretz Yisrael and stayed there. So, for many, from the time of the rebuilding of the second Beit HaMikdash, which I would say for the next 800 years, there were two big communities among the Jews. There were Eight like there are now, England, America, Israel, uh, Mexico, whatever. No, there were two. Two communities, Bavel and Israel. And uh, our Gemara is the Talmud Bavli. Uh, the Yushalmi is another one made by the, another complete Gemara made on the Mishnayot by the rabbis in Eretz Yisrael. So Rishakish, who was part of the Eretz Yisrael rabbis, was the first time we're seeing that he's holding a grudge in a way against against the Babylonian Jews because he's saying that had, had they shown the Mesirut Nefesh to come to the Beit HaMikdash then the Beit HaMikdash would have had the Shekhinah in it just as an aside Rish Lakish did not live during the time of the Beit HaMikdash the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed over 200 years before Rish Lakish was born in my estimation that numbers might not be exact, but I think it's, it's definitely 100 years. Maybe it's 200 years. Maybe more. So for sure, he didn't live in the time of the Beit HaMikdash. He's a first-generation Amora. Rabbi Akiva was alive when the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed. He's way, way, way before Rish Lakish. Because great-great-grand student is, is Rish Lakish. So he's complaining to someone about a Beit HaMikdash that he never saw. Rish Lakish never saw the Beit HaMikdash. Uh... But, I guess, the Shekhinah, had the Shekhinah been in the Beit HaMikdash, it would have been, uh, it would have helped Rishakish a lot, and that's why he's holding it as a grudge. In the end, he comes to Rabbi Yochanan, and Rabbi Yochanan says, no, that's not the reason. The reason why the Shekhinah was in the second Beit HaMikdash was actually because of a pasuk that Hashem blessed. Nawach, Yav, Tezakim, Yafet, or Noah blessed that which means that even though Hashem will be nice to Yafet to make him the second Beit HaMikdash and he'll allow it to have beauty but he's only going to actually have the Shekhinah in all Hashem which is built by Shilomo so he says the reason why the Shekhinah wasn't the second Beit HaMikdash was because the builder of the second Beit HaMikdash was the Persians who were descendants of Noach's son, Yafet, and the builder of the first Beit was Shalom Melech, who is the descendant of Shem. 
and therefore really wasn't the fault of the Babylonians. Had even had all the Babylonian Jews come to the, to Yerushalayim, they still would not have succeeded in having the Shekhinah because of the pasuk and the identity of the builder who descended from Yefet. Okay? At this point, the Gemara is going to now clarify how do we know that the Persians are from Yefet, who, the ones who allowed to rebuild the second Bible. Says the Gemara, let's read it in the bottom. Says the Gemara, Amar Leg, that's not the reason he even had all the Jews left in the days of Ezra when they rebuilt the Beit HaMikdash the Shekhinah would not have been in the second Beit HaMikdash as it says in the biblical verse and Hashem will Live in the house of Shem. Alpha gab the yefet. Yaftalim the yefet. And a shechina shore ele be'ol Hashem. Okay. Says the Gemara. This is actually, I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is quoted in Rashi on that pasuk over there. Could be Rashi and Chumash on that pasuk quotes this Gemara. Baruch Atah Adonai Elohim Ma'achalam Shachol Neim Gedolah. Says the Gemara. Uparsai minalach to miyefet katu. Who told us that the Persians came from Yefet? Now we're going to go through some pesukim in the Torah. Now these pesukim, uh, if you look on the Sardia page, you'll note you'll notice this is in Bereshit, in Parashat Noach. It goes through the descendants of certain families, which, when you read them, it seems like the Torah. When we read them in the Torah, we think, okay, Torah is telling us which families come from which uh, person, but we don't know any of the families anyway. Here we're going to go through who the families actually are. To me, it's a very interesting Gemara. We hear this, we hear this, uh, we hear these Pesukim, we have no idea what they're talking about. Let's see if we can figure it out. B'nei Yefet, Gomer, Umagog, Umadai, V'yavan, V'tuval, Umeshech, V'tiras. We're listing, listing the sons of Yefet. So we're listing, these, are, these here are grandsons of Noach. Got it? Because Yefet is Noach's third son. And these are his grandsons. Gomer, his grandson one. Magog, of course, a famous guy. Madai, Media, another famous country, Yavan, Tuval, Meshech, Vitiras. Let's go through all of them. Gomer, Gomer is Germania, so the Germans. Okay? Okay. Seemingly to Germania. Germania, good. Magog is Kandia. Magog is Kandia, which is, which some hold they say is Crete, which is an island in Greece. Good. That is Magog. Interesting, because there's going to be a, a, a fight of Gog and Magog. Greece doesn't seem like a big power at this point. Others say it's the Mongols. Okay. Now, let's go further. Um, Yavan, Zu, Macedonia. 
Yavan is Macedonia. Now, Macedonia is a country right now above Greece, a little above Greece. Tuval is a bit unkaini. Tuval is a bit unkaini, which in the art school they call New Bithyania, which is an area next in Turkey. There's also Meshech, which is Musia, which is Mysia, which is west of Bithania. Okay? Then there's Tiras, but Tiras is Machloket. Pligi by Rav Simai and Rabbanan. Which rabbi is arguing to Rabbanan on this one? Chad Amar Bet Turkai. One says it's Bet Turkai. And Bet Turkai, they seem to be saying, is Thrace. Thrace is a. Uh, Modern day Turkey has two parts a part in Asia and a part in Europe. This is a city which used to be part of Greece, but now it's part of the European part of Turkey. Others know it's Persia, very far apart from Persia, is very, very far from this area. Tanya Yosef, Tiras Zuparas. Rabbi Yosef learned in the Brighta that no, Tiras is Persia and not Betterkai. Okay? Sapta Vilama Vesaptacha. Now, we're going, that's all, those are all sons of Yefet. Now, Pasuk also lists, lists sons of Kush. Now, Kush himself. Is a, is a grandson of Noah. Why? Because Noah had Ham, and Ham had Kush. Now we're listing Kush's sons, so these are Noah's great grandsons. Let's go through. Tani Rabbi Yosef, Saksaskatan, okay, so it says Sabta, Vidama, Sabticha, those are the great grandsons. Tani Rabbi Yosef, Yosef explains, Sis. These these places are inner Saskatan and outer Saskatan. Between the inner one and the outer one, between the inner one and the outer one, welcome Ivan, are. Now, these two countries in Machlok at where they are. It could be they're bringing on the bottom over here that maybe they're in Afghanistan or maybe they're in Africa, which are very, very far apart places. Af- Afghanistan's in Asia and Africa is a whole different place with, with, with uh, different types of people there. Theoretically, if, they're, if, they're, if we're talking about black people, it should be in Africa. The Kefa Alpha Parsi, the whole place is a thousand parts that are telling you how big the place is. The beginning of the kingdom of Nimrod was Babel. Now we're talking about Nimrod over here, okay? So, um, Nimrod started off with Babel, Erech, Akkad, Kalna. Babel, what is Babel? Kimashmeh, the symbol, Babel. Arach is Urchut. Akkad is Baskar. Kalna is Nofer Nifni. Okay, these are all different lands. Uh, Areas of Babylonia in the olden days. Okay, Minarzi Yatsa Ashur. From that land came out Ashur. Tanya of Yosef. Ashur is the Silak. Ashur is the land of Silak, which is Assyria. No, Ashur is from Shem. Okay, Ashur is. The Rashi tells us that Ashur left. It was the son of Shem when he saw that everyone was listening to Nimrod. So he kished and he started his own city, Nineveh. 
Okay? Now, V'yaven at Ninveh, he built Ninveh v'et Rechovot Ir v'et Kalach. Ninveh is Ninveh, the famous city of Ninveh, which is the main city of Ashur. Now, it happens to be Ninveh is a famous city because that's the city that Yonah went to go to warn them that they're going to be destroyed, and they did Teshuvah. Rechovot, it makes sense that they're doing Teshuvah because they're founded on a city of that left Nimrod because they were doing bad things. Rechovot Ir Zuparat Temeshon. Rechovot Ir is Perat of Mishon. They're claiming the city on the Euphrates. Ve'et resen ben Nidve ben Kalach of Ha'ir HaGidola. Resen ze Aksitifon. That's Sistifon, which is a city on the Tigris River, they want to claim. Okay? Hi Ha'ir HaGidola, which is considered the great city. Now, when it says... Now, again, the Pasuk said that Resen is in between Nineveh and Kalach, and that is the great city. Now the Gemara says, we don't know what it means that is the great city. Do you mean Nineveh is the great city? Or you mean that Resen is the great city? Because you said, uh, Nineveh, is the, Nineveh is between these two cities, which is the great city? Which Are you talking about the subject city or the description city? Says Gemara. When the Pasuk says in Yonah, when it says Ninveh was a great city to God, which had a circumference of three days, which means it would take three days to go around the city for a person walking. That's how huge the city was. When it says that, so we can figure out that the subject city, Ninveh, is the one that's called the great city and not Resen, the description city. Are we clear so far? Let's go. Says Now, once we discuss these guys, We'll continue and explain the rest of the things. In those cities in the south were the cities of... We're referring to when um, when the, the spies came to Eretz Israel. So it says that they went to the cities where was Achimai Shishayin Talman who were descendants of the giants. So we're talking about these giants. Okay, Achiman, why is he called Achiman? Muman Shabachim. He was the most powerful of the four brothers. Sheshai, why did he call him Sheshai? Shemesim et ha'aretz kishichaitot. He made the, the, the ground ruins. When he would walk on the ground, he would smash the ground to make ruins. That's how big this giant was. Talmai, why is he called Talmai? Shemesim et ha'aretz telemim telemim. He made tel, a telem in the ground. He made very, very deep ditches in the ground when he walked. He built Alush, Talmai built Talbush, and Yeridea Anak, they were all the, 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 the descendants of the giant. They would wear the sun like a necklace. Those are cities that were built by these guys, according to the second shot. Amar Yushua ben Levi, Amar Rebbe, Atida Romi, in the future, the city of Rome will fall in the hands of the Persians. Now, understand, historically, that this was written at a time when there were two, the Gemara, all, all the Gemaras, were written at a time when there was two major empires. The, the, the two major empires in the world, two like, let's say, United States, Russia, so the two major big armies which hated each other, were the Persians and the Romans. The Romans were running something called the Byzantine Empire. You can look it up. 
and the Persians had the Persian Empire, which is less well known, uh, but it was a, a major power, and they fought many, many wars over the years. None of them decisively. During the time of the Gemara, there were two empires, and the Yushalmi was in the Byzantine, and the, the Babli was written in the Persian Empire. Okay, but so these words are interesting. So again, this is in the future. We'll see what happens. Right? We already know what happened. So according to Shuba Levi. Rome is going to fall into the hands of the Persians. How do we know? Because it says, "Lachin shemu atzat Hashem, Hashem yaat et Edom machshavotam Hashem chashav et Yosvet Heman. Im lo yisahabum tziire atzon, im lo yasim alehem nivehem." The pasuk I'll translate over here the way it says in the article. Therefore, listen to the word of Hashem that He devised against Edom and His thoughts that He thought about against the people who live in Teman. The youngest of the flock will pull them off and will destroy their dwellings. So he's understanding that Persia is going to destroy Rome. Matki for the Rabbah Barula, Rabbah Barula asked the question, How do you know that when it says the youngest of the flock, it means Persia is going to attack them? Maybe the Greeks are going to destroy the Romans. It says that the Tzpir destroyed the king of Yavan. Now, in fact, the Romans ended up getting destroyed. If you look in the history books, they got destroyed by the Visigoths. Um, the Visigoths are not Persians. They're a bunch of wild troops who lived in Europe. It fits a little better with Greece over here. Ki salik Chaviva bar Sumake, when Chaviva Sumake came to Ersel, Amra kameh dehu he said in front of the Ravanan what, what Rabbar Ula said that it might be the Greeks. Amalah, <coughs> so the rabbi told him, Man did lo yada pirushi cry motif to you to the Rebbe? A guy who doesn't know how to explain the pasuk is asking a question on a shot in Rebbe? Meaning, Rav Barula thinks he can ask a question on Rebbe? What are you talking about? Might see that son, Zutradachoi. When it says, see that son, the youngest of Lach, it's the youngest of the brothers. The Tani Rabbi Yosef, Tira, when it says Tira, Zuparas. So therefore, the youngest of the brothers is Paras. Because if you remember from the original city, we said that there was a on who Tira was, right? And, and according to this, Tira is Paras. So if Tira is Paras, so therefore it's got to be returning to Persia. So it has to be Persia, not Greece, that's going to knock out the Romans. Now, Amar Barchana, Amar Yochanan, Mishum Yehuda, Again, the Romans will fall into the hands of the Persians. And he's figuring out, not from a pasuk, but he's figuring out from a kalvachomer, which is pretty interesting. What's the what's the kalvachomer? The first Mekdash was built by the people of Shem. It was destroyed by the Kazdim. By the Kazdim are the Babylonians. And then... Even the Babylonians fell in the hands of the Persians because the Babylonians ended up falling to Persia. Mikdash Shani, Shemano Parsim. The first Mikdash which was built by the Persians, was destroyed by the Romans. And isn't it a Kavachomer that they're going to fall, <coughs> that they're going to fall into the hands of the Persians? Of course they will. If the Persians beat the other guys who destroyed if the Persians felt like they needed to, to attack those who destroyed the first Beit the Babylonians, 
for sure the Persians will feel like they have to destroy the Beit HaMikdash that they built, because I guess the Persians took credit that they allowed, it seems like even though it's 420 years after the second Beit HaMikdash was built, the Persians uh, always felt like the second Beit HaMikdash was their handiwork, because they allowed it to be built. And when the Romans destroyed it, years later, 300 years later, the Persians are still holding a grudge, and one day, the Persians are going to attack the Romans. And that's why it's obvious that the Persians will, the Romans will fall into the hands of the Persians. Are you with us uh, with this, Shlomo? <coughs> Not so much. No, no, the Persians will basically take uh, revenge. Revenge, because, and, and it's a Kalvachom, because if they took revenge for the first Mekulash that they didn't build, the they're going to sure they, uh, on the Babylonians, who, who built the, uh, the house that was built by Shlomo, not their house. Surely they'll take revenge on the second Beit HaMikdash, which is the house that they did build. Okay, fine. I'm a Rav. No. Rav says the other way around. According to Rav, no. The Persians will actually fall in the hands of the Byzantines, to the Romans. The other way around. You're going to builders are going to fall in the hands of the destroyers? Hashem wouldn't let that happen. Why should the builders who built the Beit Midrash fall to the hands of the people destroyed? Who gets the Zichut? The Persians have the Zichut. They built the Beit Midrash. See, we're very, very pro-Persian over here. Right? The Persians built the Beit Midrash and, 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 the, and the Romans destroyed it. Well, Hashem, Hashem is going to let the, the people who built it fall to the hands of the destroyers? How can it be? So Rav doesn't sound right according to Rav Kana. Amal Husu, Rav said back, In, yes, they will. Gezerat Melechu. Of course, it's the Gezerat of the king. Hashem is going to make a Gezerat. You're right, it might not make sense, but when it doesn't make sense to our brains, but Hashem has his own, own reasons for all these things. Says the Gemara, Ikid Amri, others say, Amal Ehu, Inu Nami Hakasachi Bekishta. What? Oh, he didn't, he didn't bring a reason why it's Gezerat Melech, no. So the, the Benish Chai brings that, uh, if you remember, you, you won't see this yet, but if you wait till the next Masechah, wait till Masechah Rosh Hashanah. I don't know if it's next or the two next, but is the next one Rosh Hashanah? Is that what the next one is? So if you look at Masechah Rosh Hashanah, you'll find that when they did build the Bet Mekdash, Kodesh wasn't so sure if the Jews would be loyal to him. So he built the Bet HaMikdash in a certain way that the bottom of the Bet HaMikdash was made out of wood. Why? Not stone. Because this way, if the Jews mess around with him, he could always set fire to it quickly and it could burn it down. So even though he did get credit for building it, since he built it in that way, therefore it does make sense that he deserves to get to be, get, to get knocked out. Okay? Because he, he also had a little bit thought of destroying the Bet HaMikdash. Okay? That's how the Ben Shkai explained. Very, very cool. You'll see that tomorrow when you get there. I think it's that Ted over there in, 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 in Rosh Hashanah. Very, very cool. Ben Shkai. Okay? Now, um, Tanya Namiyach, they write like this also. Atida Parash Tipoviyadromi. The Persians will fall. Oh no, Ikadami, there's another reason what Rav said back to him. You know why they'll get destroyed? Not because he's in a Melech, because the Persians destroyed many shuls. And therefore, when you destroy a shul, a shul is a mini bet mikdash. And therefore, they do deserve to be destroyed because there's many, many shuls that the Persians destroyed. 
They're not too great the Persians. No, no, okay. I'm from Pisa. I know that they did that. What? I know they did that. You know they do, right? Yes. Yeah, okay, good. Writes like this also. The Persians will fall in the hand of the Romans. The one is because they destroyed the Bet Mikdash, and the other, that the builders will fall in the hands of the Sotrim. Um, I, I don't remember what it was. If I remember my history correctly, I believe historically the Persians end up losing a big, big war against the. Byzantines before the empire was destroyed, if I'm not mistaken. Okay? The Amar Rehuda Amarav, and Ben David Ba, Ashiv Shot Malchut Romi Halisha Bechola Olam Kulot Shachodashim. Mashiach won't come till the Romans fall into the hands of the world for nine months. Meaning, the Romans have to take over the world for nine months. Why? Which is nine months, is of course, is the amount of time a woman gets pregnant for. Therefore, they will surrender till the time that one who gives birth is given birth, and the rest of the brothers will return with Kali Yisrael. Okay, now we're back to the subject of the paladrine. Okay, I'm sorry about the history lesson is over. We got to focus back on our subject. I thought of the same thing myself. It seems like these statements are dangerous. You know, if you say that the Persians are going to fall into the Babylonian hands, it's a very, very scary statement to be said by Rav, because Rav lived in Babylonia. Okay? Um, good question. This is in Aramaic, no? They can't read it. They, the Persians spoke Aramaic. The Babylonians spoke it. They did speak Aramaic in those days. Also, was the time at... When they were at the Beit Hamikdash, wasn't that not the same time as they were doing the Gemara? No, the Gemara is post Beit Hamikdash. After. Yes. Ah, okay. Yes, the Beit Hamikdash was built, was destroyed. The second Beit was destroyed in a little before the during the time of some of the Tanaim of the Mishnah. Right, right. So, if you have like Hillel as a kid, he was in the Beit Hamikdash. Rabbi Kiva, when he was young, there was a Beit Hamikdash. Already, you will be done. Nasi, Rashba, Shimon Bar Yochai, no Beit Hamikdash. Remeir, no Beit Hamikdash. Bielazar Ben Azayah, no Beit Hamikdash. Second, we're talking about second. We're talking about second. First Beit Hamikdash, no Tanaim, only Nevi'im, kings and Nevi'im. First Beit Hamikdash. Second Beit Hamikdash, Tanaim. Either Yudah Makabi in the early, early times, Shimon Atzadik, and no Ezra Sofer in the early times. In the later, later times, tana, early Tanaim, and then it was destroyed, and there was still more Tanaim, and then the Amoraim came. Rab, Rish Lakish, that's, So that's why the story I told you earlier, I told you that the, this Rish Lakish getting upset at the... The story of Rish Lakish getting upset at the, at, at the guys who are not coming down is a very funny story, because Rish Lakish didn't live in the time of the Beit HaMikdash. Because of you guys, I don't, I'm not taking your hand, because you guys, the, the, the Shekinah wasn't the Beit HaMikdash. What Beit Hamikdash? What are you talking about? There was no Beit Hamikdash. You know? Not when you were alive, anyway. Maybe when your great great grandfather was alive. It's like me getting upset at you because you know you guys didn't come down during the Revolutionary War and you didn't help George Washington. Okay, well, well George Washington. What are you going to do, George Washington? Right now it's 2021. George Washington 200, 200 and something years ago. It's the same thing. Okay. What about the 
Especially when you store it by the house. I'm sorry? Brother Gamar, they started the Persian when it's stored by the house. I know it's by Alexander the Great, no? Okay, so Alexander the Great is way, way, way before this. Alexander is the time of the first Betamakdash. Oh, wow, okay. No, no, that's first. The beginning of the second Betamakdash. The beginning. So, the, like, the second Betamakdash was 420 years. Alexander was 100 years in. I thought he beat. He Persian. beat. He took over the Persians who allowed it to be built. Uh-huh. So the Persians allowed it to be built. He conquered them, and he, but he didn't destroy the Betamakdash. Right. So it lasted 420 years, including... Alexander taking over the Beit Hamikdash. Okay. okay. What are you asking? No, so it's right because the Persians were destroyed by the Arabs. Okay. So what you're referring to the Persians being destroyed by the Arabs is is a true true fact. They didn't get destroyed. They got taken over by the Arabs. The Persians. Yeah. The Ar- Muhammad, in when he took over the world, uh, the the Arab world during those days, he conquered all those lands and he took over those lands. However. Before that happened, if I'm not mistaken, they lost a big battle to the Romans, which became the Byzantine Turkans. Not Romans per se, but the, uh, the Roman Empire split into two parts. When, when, when uh, the Christians took over, the Byzantine part of the Roman Empire, which started in Istanbul, which was called Constantinople, was the head of that, uh, that empire. And they lost the battle there. I, I believe that later on the Arabs took over, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember exactly. I haven't looked at my history books. Okay? Let's go. Says the Gemara. Ottoman Empire. The Ottoman Empire came after. Ottoman came on the heels of the Byzantine Empire. Right. Okay? When, when, the, when the Muslims took over that area, they took over the Ottoman Okay. Tanar Baran. There was no mezuzot on any of the doors in the Beit HaMikdash besides for Lishkat Paladrin, where the Kohen Gadol was staying for these seven days. You with me, Joey, or no? Okay. Because over there, it had an actual place where the Kohen Gadol was living. Since they were going to have to live there for ten days, it needed a mezuzah. The other place is not... But there were many, many places in the Beit HaMikdash that people had to sleep there and it doesn't have a mezuzah. So why would Paladrin have a mezuzah? Rather, the reason why you should have it is because it's a gezerah of the rabbis, which we'll see soon why there's a gezerah of the rabbis that should have it, even though it doesn't need it. What's Rebidah's reason who said that it doesn't need a mezuzah because they're living there? Amar Abar Abbas says, Kasabar Abidah Abidah holds, Kol bayit she'en asu, she'en asu li'imot ha'chama al-imot ha'gashmim, en obayit. If you have a house that's not built for all the seasons, summer and winter, it's not called a house, and then doesn't need a mezuzah. In theory, according to this rabbi, if you have a bungalow that's only for the summer, it would not need a mezuzah. And therefore, since this Lishkat uh, Paladrin is only being lived in for seven days in one season. It's therefore, it's not a two-season item, so it doesn't need a mezuzah. Ivan, you with us or no? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Abaye asks a question. Doesn't it say, I'm going to destroy the winter house and the summer house? So you see that there is such a thing as a house. 
that's winter only or summer only. How can you claim that it has to be a dual season house in order to be a house? Look, there's such a thing as a bet bet choref and bet kaitz. Says the Gemara, no, no, Amale bet chor bet kaitz ikre baitz tamalo ikre. We'll call it a summer house. We can call it a winter house, but we won't call it a house. In order to be a house, it has to be summer and winter. You can be called a summer house, you can be called a winter house, but you can't be called a house plain unless you're dual season. Good. Etva Bayabi asked the question How could you claim that it has to be double seasons? Doesn't it say by Sukkot? Sukkot echag bechag. Okay, let me explain that. Um, Tiruma and Maser needs to be taken off all fruits. We spoke about Tiruma and Maser yesterday in the beginning of the class. The halacha is that if a person is in the field and you want to, normally eating a grape before you separate Tiruma and Maser is a terrible sin of eating tevel. Okay? Horrible sin. However, if a person if a person eats fruit before you bring it into your house, before you bring it into your home and make it ready to use, you just take a bite in the field, it's not tevel because it's not ready for use. Until you bring it in and wrap it up, then it becomes chayav in ma'asena tuma. Beforehand, you're allowed to take it, you're allowed to eat it without. Now, at what point exactly does it become ma'aserable and then therefore you chayav tevel for eating it? So the rabbis say, when it sees the face of the house. So it has to enter your house. But in order to be able to enter your house, we have to give a definition of what's called a house. So that's why it's been relevant for us, because we're discussing what's a house. So let's see. It says, think about it. it says, If you have fruit that was brought into a sukkah on Sukkot, does that make it ma'aserable? Do we call a sukkah, a house, and say, oh, you brought the grapes in? Oh, chalas, you can't eat until you separate maser? Right. Or do we say, no, sukkah, what's a sukkah? Nothing. What do we say? No, it's a house. But the rabbis say, you're exempt. We learned in the Brighton. Yehuda says, he says that a, a sukkah is chayav, to have an eruv and mezuzah and maaser. Okay, I know everyone wants to go back to eruvin. So, uh, I, you know, Harry's been telling me all the time I just missed the eruvin. I want to go back to learn it again. So let's just quickly discuss that 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 in in in, in eruvin, if you have an, uh, a house in the area, you have to contribute into the eruv. So whether a sukkah is considered a house. They have to contribute to the room or not, Rehuda says it is. And also, it's Chayav and Mezuzah and Maser. So we see that the Sukkah is a house, even though it's not an all-year-long thing. That's a question. How can you say it has to be year-long? Summer and winter, Loka Sukkah is Chayav. Maybe you'll answer me, oh, when we say it's Chayav and Mezuzah, it's only Chayav and Medrabanan. Right? I'll answer you that all these three things, maybe you'll answer me, so listen, when the Midah says the Chayav Mizuzah Eruv and Maaser, that's only Midrabanan. Midrabanan, the Sukkah is not a house because it's not winter and summer. Why are you saying it's Chayav in these things? Midrabanan, only Rabbanan saying Chayav. Can't be. Why? Why? It makes sense for two out of three, but not three out of three. 
Bishlama Eruv Umzuza Ikalim Dabran. When it comes to Eruv and Mizuza, so Eruv you could say, okay, Eruv Khayab Dabran. Or Mizuza, Khayab Dabran. Ava Maasid, when it comes to Maasid, Mi Ikalim Dabran, can possibly say Dabran, Dil Maatil Afushimin Khiwabatur, Mirpudur Khayuv. The rabbis will never say that you Khayab on Maasid for bringing it into a Sukkah with Dabran. You know why? Because that's a dangerous thing. If something is really Patur, and you say it's Chayab Midrabanan, you're causing a big, big pitfall. Let me explain to you why. Imagine for a second, Joey, you have Joey Hamra, inshallah, Mashiach comes. Joey Hamra becomes a big wine farmer. He gets, he goes to this old, old situation, gets a huge uh, estate in Israel, gets a lot of workers, and he's producing grapes every year. A good life. You have to work on your workers. Make sure they're all done. Chalas with selling things. We're gonna, we're gonna go. We have a new business. We're gonna make, uh, we're gonna make uh, grapes. No more so pharmacy? what? No more pharmacy. No, no more pharmacy. I don't know what you're gonna do, but he's doing grapes. We're not doing <laughs> example. Is not you, okay? Someone's my neighbor. your neighbor. Yeah, yeah. Okay, folks. So got, got to do the daf. What do you mean? We're doing the daf. Now, um, his 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 place produces. Let's say, we're we're assuming ten thousand cases of grapes a year. And that's how he makes his money. He, he sells them all, and that's how he makes his money. Yeah. Now, uh, the the cases that are in the field are patur. Yes. Okay? The cases that are in the house are chayat. Yeah, yeah. The cases in sukkah, we're claiming now, maybe, are, are patur, but chayat mit rabbanan, perhaps. Okay? Now, let's say that would be true. If the rabbis would make this new rabbanan, they could cause confusion in Joey's head. And Joey could make the following error. He could go to his house. Hey, I want to eat some grapes. Wait, these are chayav, right? And say, chayav said, Oh, okay, fine. I'll separate. I have, let's say he brings 100 cases into the house, and he's got 20 cases in the sukkah. So he might say, you know something? I officially separate the first five cases in my sukkah as ma'aser on these 100 cases in my house. <laughs> and then I'll go, now I'll think, that'll be able to eat my grapes in my house. In, in fact, in the house. Let's say he's in his house. No, watch, already, okay. watch your case. Again, he's got 20, he brought into the sukkah, 100 in the house. Right. He's about, his kids have one ticket. Hey, daddy, can we have some grapes? And they, he said, no, 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 I think my son, one second. Oh, I can do it verbally. Do you know something? The five cases in my sukkah are now tenuma on these 100 cases. Okay, honey, go enjoy. Right? right? Now, really... His kids are not going to eat the grapes. You know why? Because you can't, in order to take ma'asir on grapes, you have to take ma'asir on grapes that are chayav and ma'asir. And the ones in the sukkah, they're not really chayav and ma'asir. They're only chayav and ma'asir to Ramanan. They're right in the patur. So the rabbis, they're giving you a chayuv of ma'asir. They're going to confuse Joey into thinking that, that he can use, he can use, make ma'asir on it on the ones in the house. When really, they're, in, if you look through the Torah glasses, the, the sukkah in the field are all patur ones. Joey won't make a mistake in the field, in the field but when you make the siyuv in the house, you're going to cause Joey to get confused. And therefore, the rabbis will never do it. So how can you tell me that those three things, of ma'asir, eruv, and mezuzah, are all the rabbanan, it makes sense for ma'asir, eruv, because there's no danger. But when you, when you tell me, ma, sorry, it makes sense for mezuzah and eruv, because there's no danger involved. When it comes to Maaseh, there's a danger. The rabbis would never do it. It can't be the Rabbanan. Therefore, the whole thing must be Doraita. So you see, there must be Chayav Mizuzah, Doraita, not the Rabbanan. Eruv, this, this sin is just as bad because of 
Eruv is not a problem because Eruv, we're talking about Eruv, guy, a guy contributing food. So normally only the houses have to contribute food. If there's another guy contributes food, okay, yeah, who cares? If you put a business up, you don't need it, okay, who cares? But Ma said, you can cause Joey issues. The rabbis will do it. Must be the whole thing's done like that. You with us? Says the Gemara, Ela Ama Abaya. Abaya has his own answer. Bishiva the Kulama During the seven days that the Kohen was actually in the Lashkat Paladrim, everyone agrees that it's Chayav Mezuzah. Keep Ligi, when do they argue? Bishari Motajan, the other days of the year. Rabbanan Savi, the rabbis hold. We make a gezera of the other days of the year because of the seven days that the coin's in it. So that's why he says we put a put a mezuzah because it's only chayav for seven days. We put a mezuzah the whole year because, because we're worried that maybe you won't have it when the coin is living there. But Rebidah holds, we don't make a gezera for the whole year. And therefore, according to him, the reason why we put the, the mezuzah on, on the the Shkat Paradrin is because of another reason, which we're going to see soon why. Okay? Amalei Rava, so Rava told the Baya, Vasukot Chag Bechag Ketani. But doesn't say in the Brighta that the Sukkah of Chag on Chag is Patur from Mezuzah. El Amar Rava, so Rava says a new answer. He says, Everyone agrees the opposite. Now everyone agrees that during the 300 and minus 7, 365 minus 7 days a year, 358 days, uh, everyone agrees you're patur. Keep on the seven days. Each one has its own reason. They're not, the, two, the two are not connected. Let's clarify. Sukkah tamalichud. The reason why Sukkah is a machloket, Rebudal Tamer, Rebudal follows his reason by Mezuzah, who says the Amar Sukkah tirat keva ba'inam. If you remember, there's a machloket by Sukkah. Again, it comes out there's a machloket by Sukkah, and there's a machloket by the Lishkat Paladrim, Rebudal and the Hahamim. Each each Sukkah, the machloket whether Sukkah needs a Mezuzah or not is not connected to, to the Sukkah part of the dream. And we're going to explain the reason for each rabbi and each one. By Sukkah, the reason why Rabbi Yudah holds that it requires a mezuzah is because Rabbi Yudah is the rabbi in Mesechet Sukkah coming up, who says that the Sukkah needs to be dirat keva. You need the Sukkah to be permanent. And therefore, he hold, that's one, the reason why in the first Mishnah and Sukkah, Rabbi Yudah holds that the Sukkah is allowed to be more than 20 amot tall. Because he says that a sukkah is allowed to be permanent. And therefore, since the sukkah could be permanent, it could be that tall. That tall height indicates permanence. Okay? Mm-hmm. And therefore, since he holds it could be permanent, therefore he holds it for the mezuzah on it. Fits beautifully. Rabbanan hold that sukkah could be temporary dwelling. They do not allow a sukkah to be over 20 feet tall. And therefore, that's why they say. That's why they say it's not chayav mezuzah because they say it's temporary dwelling. Doesn't need, doesn't need. That's the machlok about sukkah. V'lishka and what about the lishka paladrin? What's the machlok over there? 
Rabbanan Savi, Rabbanan hold Diva Balkochash Medira. Rabbanan hold that if you have a, 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 a Dira, if you have a dwelling, that you're living there against your will, the Kohen Gadol is in this dwelling against his will. Whether he likes it or not, he's got to go there. The Rabbanan hold, who cares if you're going there with your will against your will? Bottom line is, you're living there, and therefore you need a Mizuzah. No. He holds it since you go against the will, it's not called a dinah, and therefore it doesn't need a mizuzah. So, if so, why do we put it there? We put it in What's the reason? Here's the reason. We don't want the people to say, Look, the grand gadol's in jail. Because if you have a, a, a jail, a jail doesn't require a mizuzah because it's bal but we don't want people saying going in jail. And therefore we put a Mizuzah Midrabanan because we don't want we don't want that dialogue that the Kohen Gadol is in jail. Good? Okay. We're gonna stop if we get on the bottom line. Mantana Lahadatanuran. Okay. Baruch Adrai Leolam. Amen Amen. Enjoy, Ivan. I'll see you.